All right, welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, hope the sound is okay. Um, Melissa thinks it's great. Uh, I'm kind of confused because my uh, microphone doesn't work with her. Now, obviously you can hear me if that's the case, but if you guys, uh, the listeners notice any difference between previous episodes and these last couple, let us know because we may on the uh for the for the 12 hours per episode that uh, melissa spends on the editing floor um we may not pick those up but let us know for some reason my microphone is not sure. kicking um what episode number is this six six how do you say that in spanish Seis. Seis? Mm -hmm. my daughters would appreciate if i uh followed up every one of those with uh, the Spanish version around the household. We're trying to <laughs> play that little game to help both of them out. And I'm failing each time, but I'm working on it. You're working. Yeah. All right. So today uh, we're going to almost like a partner or a couplet compared to the last one. Back in the last one, uh, which was specific to male and female and nutrition. Right. Uh, as And the, today we're going to talk about training and we'll define what we mean by that uh, to start anything on the back end of last time that, you know, this uh, anything you can remember as a review, Melissa, that was that would be helpful for today or um, anything that would lead into uh, the training or maybe, you know, why you were thinking about that as being a good show topic. Yeah, it's two part. It was we had touched on teens in fitness. Or just uh -huh. access and availability. Right. Um, I think that's a slightly different conversation than when we go into adults. Yeah. And what um, principles I think stay somewhat similar as far as for some of the basics, but just a conversation around how we train men and women that are adults are different than when we're talking about a youth or like, you know, a teen demographic. Hmm. Um, and then just connecting off the food, just debunking some of the myths where we've gotten really into this hyper specialization of, um, you know, now, again, it's the new conversation is that um, a female program needs to look completely different than a male's, which I think can be very difficult for coaches, where now there's a sphere that I've like hurt or unintentionally harmed a female by giving her a linear progression without taking in consideration um, like menstrual cycle. So hmm. I felt like it was a kind of timely, again, conversation going off food into now um, what does fitness look like for men and women? Where are they the same? And what are the considerations we need to take into account that are different between the two sexes? Yeah, I think of also words to uh, to get people on the straight and narrow for what we're discussing, not only for intentions, but we're talking about movement here today and actions and like physical contractions and, uh, you know, work. That's the that's the that's what we're discussing. Right. Um, also, I couldn't help but remember you know just remind myself that uh i keep saying that i keep you know am i on my own time i keep having this back and forth with my with my brain right it's which is you know this this is actually what i say to myself james you know you could spend an entire next 30 years of your life talking about what is wrong with the fitness industry um and there's you could do three shows a day for the rest of your life talking about what is wrong. And, and, and it's very reactionary and it's like 
ho-hum and it's pessimistic, but there, there is some need for it. But then when you, when you, when you said there's myths that were debunked last time that we discussed, it gave me a little bit of a hope there in terms of like, well, maybe, maybe there could be a separate information. Cause remember you and I discussed that, like we could, we could have, we could create our own subset podcast that is myths of nutrition right? Even specifically to males and females and, and spend the next 20 years talking about myths in nutrition. And every five years, it'll change and come back and be something you knew, new, you know? But anyways, your wording on that, the you know, it just made me write down, maybe that could be some somewhere that I could spend some time myself just discussing some myths and just like throw them out there and just allow people to ruminate over them as opposed to the entire project being focused on that, you know? Yeah. And for me, I was more, you know, I think those things are scaring some coaches from having confidence that they can work with different demographics now. Yeah. Um, today, it was like not debunking, but just kind of yeah. going back to like, what are some really great takeaways from today? That's, you know, um, that as a, just for instance, as a CCP coach, you can still be confident in what you've learned through CCP and the principles, and yeah. then just have some considerations to apply on top of that, that may be slightly more specific to different, um, you know, different clients that you have, depending on where they are as a female uh, in their cycle of life, or, you know, where you may not need to be racking your brain that it needs to be that different or that unique. Yes. Because um, that's more of what I'm seeing is a lot of male coaches now being like, I don't want to mess this up. Yeah. 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 I don't do this, this, you know, program design wrong when it comes to training. No, that's a fair point that discusses the intentions. It also uh, lands on an area that uh, I I currently struggle with in regards to like the forward progress of what I see in a generalized generalized um, state as the coach in fitness preventing progress in fitness, um, and so that's why. You know, I spend the majority of my time, my brain thinking about, well, what is necessary for the person, right? The person out there who actually wants to learn about it. And I just see a lot of quabbling to your, to your indirect point there of like, how should I do this? Should I take into consideration it's a male or female, you know, what kind, you know, but I've heard this person, you know, stand up and say, oh, you need to talk to people about uh, supplements or you need to talk to people about this, you know? And the coach is like, oh, gosh, you know, I have these good intentions. I want to help people, but it seems really complicated and I don't want to hurt people, you know. And so this is the it's the point that you just raised there, which is important to recognize. But I consistently have that struggle of of like saying, well, you know, how do we find that nice middle road where the coach understands principles? And I guess that's what we're that's why we're doing what we're doing here so that uh, we could figure out how to get that to people. Um. You and I'll start here. Um, maybe just a starting point on the language that we use around development and taking that into consideration. What I mean by development, Melissa, for differences for males and females in training. Uh, what immediately comes to mind for you for differences in training when we're considering uh, growing, peaking, or resisting phases of individuals? And for those who don't know that, that would be just younger individuals into um, you know, middle, middle ages of individuals. I think it's almost inappropriate to say middle age now, middle ages individuals, and then older elders, you know, wise sages, like the, uh, you know, so I classify those people now into like these radiant individuals. So what's the first thing you think about 
with regards to uh, all differences yeah. for training? Instead of um, the biggest key difference here is going to be uh, sex hormones. So just mm. quantities of estrogen and testosterone differences between a, a man and a, or a male and female. Um, and just going from pre-puberty female into mm. menstruating female. Um, and this is going to say this conversation, assuming this, we're just talking about a person that has not been medicated. So no mm -hmm. hormone birth control into this equation. So we're going to have that period between um, when they get menses into deciding if they, if we go through pregnancy, we'll see some shifts there through um, prenatal into postpartum period. And then the next chapter would be from that period into um, the beginning stages or phases of menopause. Mm. Um, if, I, if we were just to generalize block out the different yeah. phases of life for a female, we're going to have yeah. pre-puberty, post-puberty through menopause. And then there may be a shift in the middle if that person decides to conceive a child. Solid. So the, yeah, that's what I wrote down here is some questions to have. And I almost took it as a uh, devil's advocate, you know, straw man argument from the other side saying, um, you know, well, you know, is it, is it, you know, you know, based upon the premise of we're talking about vitality here, not performance or rehab, right? That just to be clear, to clear the year. And you just said it, which is great. We're not even going to dwell into that, which is a whole separate thing. Um, we're going to talk about vitality. Now, if that is the premise, the straw man argument would be, well, if, if, if this really is a humanistic endeavor, there's no differences between males and females for training. And to that, to me personally, to that, I would kind of agree because sex is free, right? Or sorry, fitness is sex free. Like we always say is like, it doesn't matter. Right. And, and you jump over all these hurdles that you put in place saying, oh, no, 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 sex is, it's important. Well, it is. What is the context? Consistency, vitality, rhythm. Yeah. How important is it? So that would be the straw man argument again, that point. But I wrote down that there are differences in what we call major variances versus minor variances. And to your point, that's what it, it's, it's obvious to, you know, the biological differences for those phases, reproductive improvements in prepubescent, pubescent ages and pregnancy. Um, I also thought about, well, I also thought about 50 plus years of age in the differences in what we'll just define, you know, loosely as andropause versus menopause, but you said it, it's the hormonal, it's the hormonal imprint that let's, let's say beyond the fact there's no difference in training, it colors it, right? It colors it because I would love to say, oh yeah, you know, you're, you're, you're eight months pregnant. Oh, just be consistent. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's good. And you're right. Like, I mean, you know, she still wants to do, I don't know, seated incline chest press now. Right. And not decline or handstand pushups or except you see my point. They're both pushing, yeah. but they're different. You know, it's different than the male who is not pregnant in eight months and is still being consistent. So in that description, does that make sense with regards to the what we're talking about in language here of major versus minor variances, but still holding the base support of consistency for all. Right. Because I say that one's like the reason I put that one in there, too, is also postpartum, there is going to, or in my opinion, there should be a period in which resistance training stops. Mm -hmm. Right. There is going to be where a male would never have that. He's yeah. never going to like, you know, he's never going to carry a child in that sense. So the, there's going to be that six weeks where what consistency looks like is going to change at yeah. minimum. Yeah. 
take a note. I'll take a note on that. Or you remind you. We actually do need to do a specific educational podcast on that, like a like a subset eight week postpartum period yes. podcast on specificities of that training, not only in light of what's different than male for males in the post eight weeks, but I'll I could throw in a little bit there in terms of like, well, what should quote unquote he be doing in the context of the parent yeah. that's, there, that's around? That's that's a little bit to play on it, but um, I think we need to take a note to sp speak about that specifically. But to your point, and thanks for bringing it up again, that is a difference. There is a difference in training, you know, and we could still use those in the same sentence, right? Yes, you know, we still want people to be, you know, there is a female who's not postpartum who's still being consistent and that's similar to males. Oh, for sure. But there is a time where females actually have this happen and males don't. See, that's the differences in the training. So again, you raise a good point there of there are some things to take into specific, you know, differences for training for males and females from that. Um, so uh, we did answer that question that development or developmental period of a life needs to be taken into consideration before we make these generalized concepts of like, listen, just be consistent, right? Just, just do resistance one day, do aerobic stuff another day and press repeat. No more conversation. Are you, are you agreeing? Like, like I am too. It's like, well, it's a little bit more than that, right? It's more than that when we now start splicing it. Agreed. Yes. Okay. And then when you do splice it, some of the areas that need to be taken into consideration is post menopause or post andropause, or, you know, let's, I, I just like to classify it as 55 plus years of age. Now, forgive me if those are not experiencing any of those changes at that time. Okay, well, 60 plus years of age, whatever, whatever age you want to, but we're calling them the resistors, right? The folks resisting entropy. There is something mm -hmm. to be said there in terms of differences, right? For training based upon the intentions, what the long-term goals are, what are the what are the things that are being, you know, moved away at a quicker rate that are base support, right? For energy, metabolism, immunity strength gaining, et cetera, et cetera. So there, there needs to be some difference. Um, and maybe we'll get into talking about some of those differences today. You already mentioned it, pregnancy. And then the other area uh, that you said was um, uh, prepubescent, pubescent ages in regards to some of the differences that occur um, around the, well, we'll just put it into two reductionist areas, pelvis for females and shoulders uh, for males. And it doesn't mean that those are the most important for both, but it is some considerations when we're saying, are there differences between males and females in training? And yes, there are some of those. And we just highlighted some of those. So to, to go further than that, I also thought that, um, you know, there you could also approach it from this angle, which would be the biological, psychological, sociological angle. And again, I'm only using those as a base support for coaches to say, oh, how should I approach this in my brain prior to getting into seeing some of those differences? And I would make this statement and then uh, see what you think about that. Uh, for biology, there's no differences. But for psychology and sociology, you do have some differences because it gets into the conversation around intentions, um, application. And it allows us then to ask the uh, question that, you know, will actually anything get done if you do not approach it more than just biologically. 
It's meaning, meaning so because that's my stance, right? I'm like, listen, I think we just get way too quaggled up beyond biology, but I hear from for good reason, you know, and and uh, good good arguments is that well, psychologically and sociolo- sociologically, if if you know, I'll just use this example, if females are not going to do it because we created limitations on psychology or sociology, et cetera, then how effective was your biological framework? Do you see what I'm saying? So would you agree that there are some differences in the psychological, sociological area, but no differences if we just strictly talk about biology beyond the point we said earlier of the minor variances for those differences? Your thoughts on that? Yes. Yeah. And that's what I kind of want to dig in today is like, We'll do one on behaviors a little bit later, but I mean, just like the, um, and behaviors would come under the psychological. Yeah. Yeah. But we, if we take it from that approach and we're talking about this again in a training setting, um, if we're talking just a coach working with a new client, the physical assessment portion of onboarding is not going to look any different between a male and a female as far as for what I'm looking for in movement pattern between the two. Right. If we just go CCP principles here of like yeah. how I would be approaching it, it doesn't matter who's sitting in yeah, front of me. That's, that's movement oriented. It's like biology action. You know, we're, we're kind of looking at that. We're kind of, we're kind of, we're basically saying, listen, uh, I'm approaching this as like, you're just a mover, right? So how do you move? Yeah. And we don't take sex into consideration for that. Nope. No, like we may have in Victorian times, right? It's like, oh, gee, we can't have you riding horses. You know, that's going to be <laughs> detrimental to your sex organs, or you you may feel something nice down there if you do do it. We're not taking <laughs> that into consideration. There's no, there's no machines today that were like, oh, well, <laughs> we better be careful that you ride the airdyne way too much or too often. Um, uh-huh. Actually, Sorry, I go on a tangent. Oh, okay. Actually, actually, that might be something to take into consideration. Um, well, or maybe not. You know, do we really want, you know, the loss of blood flow and and loss of? Uh, I'm taking. I'm, I'm I'm being yeah. serious here in terms of all the uh, infarctions that occur uh, to males testes and the usage of that organ um, after riding a bike for six hours a day. Like mm-hmm. it, it's just factual. It like it doesn't fall off, but it pretty much, you, you lose a whole bunch. So I'm well, sorry, it takes on a tangent, but I don't know. That's going away from then if we're talking about a vitality model, or are we talking like an endurance athlete that's going to go ride a bike for. Yeah. Know, well, let's just assume it's not performance yeah. and someone is doing that thinking it's vital. Then now I've got, now I got some questions on, on, and that, that could, that is, that could be a difference, right? Where you're, let's just think of the the mechanics around that right? Mechanics meaning for both sexes, mm-hmm. there's a principle. You don't want to be spending in the vitality model so much time cutting off blood flow to specific organs in your exercise program, regardless, right? So you can come up with multiple different ideas around that, but, um, you know, and I'm sure there could be, you know, some sex specific, uh, you know, areas, I'm not thinking of anything. Does anything come to mind for you besides, you know, cutting off blood flow to the, okay. I was trying to think of, um, I was trying to think of a female specific endeavor of my point of, you know, preventing blood flow or causing confusion to a specific area 
that would be sex specific for training? No, I mean, and just stick with us here, folks. For I mean, the only time I'd start seeing that come into potentially come into it is like, um, you know, perimenopausal incontinence for longer endurance based runners or women that are running long distance. And it's not even the same, but yeah. maybe something that I, I hear more often now is like, you know, um, but I, that's not even this. I mean, that's no, it's somewhat well, it's somewhat similar because my point being that I said the intentions of the bike rider six hours a day was vitality. Mm -hmm. So maybe that female you're talking about really does want vitality, but she is doing that for a specific period of time and it is causing, you know, that, um, that, yeah, that could be the case. Anyways, it's a good, it's a good thing for listeners to kind of take their own journey on that, you know, try to think about, are there some sex specific things that we need to consider for those mechanics, right? For, you know, and then does it, does it bump up against vitality? In most cases it's going to be, but anyways, that's it. Anything more besides um, those, if you were to take that premise, I'll recap. If you were to take that premise in biology, your strict biology minus the asterisks we already talked about, there's no differences. But with psychology and sociology, psychology meaning behavior for our language, sociology meaning like the culture, right? How, how is it going to be perceived? How are they going to be perceived? Um, yeah. Is it going to be uh, contentment and enjoyment of the process? Um, you got to take all those, you know, things that I full well know fitness is downstream from culture. So when I say those things, I totally understand that the power that holds the thing in place for most people to be consistent really is, is the person's perception as to how they're, how they are being perceived in the whole process, you know, and I, I understand that. Um, but is there anything else that comes up through there that you're saying, well, here's a difference sociologically, males and females, in regards to training? You know, are we on a, are we getting into a third rail then of, um, well, so that's where like I would say stereotypic what, what, uh, what's, ideas? I'd say the painting that's coming out now, right, is, you know, we if we go into um, the monthly cycle that a female goes through. Right yeah. where we see dips in mood yeah. and just um, yeah. right again, like where I said, like the dips in the dips and rises of estrogen throughout the month can impact again just um, fatigue levels, mood, depending on again what lifestyle looks like to support a healthy cycle. Yeah. That can go into someone's relationship with wanting to go into a, like consistency and a fitness routine. So you know if we're having someone that does have um, bad period cramping or again just has like elevated heart rate, isn't sleeping well, yeah. that may impact how mm -hmm. they come in and perform in the gym or just that ability to stay consistent, That's which perfect. I feel like a male would not have throughout the month. We don't. Uh, that is a perfect example of, again, pushing biology up against this, the psychological or sociological things. Meaning that if you, you know, you can, you could still have them in the same sentence. So that's a great example. IE, I don't care how you feel. I don't care what you're thinking. I don't care about your emotions. You still need to do resistance one day, aerobic the next. Yes. Biologically, yes. Psychologically and sociology, sociologically though, if you're actually not going to do it because of those things, then now there is strength for that argument in which you just pointed out that you do have to take that, the psychological and sociological things into consideration, right? And yes, that's a 
that is a, I would call it a, a stark demarcation between males and females for that. Um, and would you say that on the female continuum for that, there's gradient levels of how much that is that is at play? Would you agree with that? I'd say there's gradient levels, which goes into some of the conversations we are having of last week when it comes into nutrition and nourishment. It's like, it really depends on the level of vitality of the individual sitting in front of you. If you yeah. have a very unhealthy person, right? And diet isn't great or lifestyle isn't great. We may see higher extremes of some of those conditions throughout the month because our, nice time. our monthly cycle is going to be impacted by nourishment and stress. Yeah. So, that's a nice tie-in for nutrition last week. So that's a nice parallel of carryover, which is what I was looking for from the outset of our podcast today to say, what are those carryovers last week? Because I wanted to see if there was anything that would be similar inside of training. And that's one of them right there. Uh, so that's a nice carryover for um, the realities around that, but also you have to take it into consideration when you put it into the training program. Um, and then again, I mean, that, that'll be our book long-term maybe is the, uh, is the specifics of that, like what goes into that, you know, um, on, you know, self-measurement, the concept of intuition, the concept of, um, you know, honoring that biological base support, but reality being psychology and sociology around that, you know, the thing that we, you know, talk about, let's, you know, I would say backroom or in CC principles is that the number one, the gradient in the masculine feminine, but also to see that when they're at their, you know, the highest levels of purpose and reason, there is a difference in that. And I think that, you know, you just pointed that out, that that must be taken into consideration that the entire intentions tied into that variation in a monthly cycle or perceptions or et cetera, between sex differences is, uh, is really good. So yeah, thank you for that. That was really good. Um, if it, if it has, uh, some differences, um, what's your thoughts on my point being that, um, or the thing that I, you know, like to pick on, there's a lot of things that we come up with that impede the the concept that there's no differences and you know people should just get moving mm -hmm. right because i i see that all the time it's like we for example beyond what you and i are discussing here today we make topics like today extremely complex and then background in in a general sense i see that it's a power play on behalf of the coach or the institution or the supplement company or the media company or whatever, because they need to have you swindled into thinking, oh, no, 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 you know, having this difference between male and female training is extremely important. So listen up because number one, I got something to sell. <laughs> and number two, so do you see that as well? And maybe you can pinpoint uh, an area where I, th you I think not what, see it because you don't fall prey to it, but uh, yeah, it's like, it's been my contention of creating, um, courses around exercise selection for, you know, pregnancy through postpartum is now we have put on a pedestal, this huge conversation around pelvic floor health Yes, is now making people just confused and not knowing what to do with their clients. Like, Oh my God, someone's pregnant. Mm -hmm. Whoa. I need to take all these specialty courses. Cause I don't know how to assess the individual sitting in front of me any mm -hmm. longer, even if they've had a working relationship with that person for, you know, say two, three plus years. Now we're scared to work with that client because we think I need a specialty course in order to know how to work with the individual I already know. 
So I'd say that is one. And I, and I think there are considerations and things we need to take into account throughout the phases mm -hmm. of pregnancy, for sure. I'm not disagreeing with that, but I do think we've um, now made it like we're scared that everyone has a pelvic floor dysfunction. Mm. Which we, which I've, you've spoken about in the past of just like, what is core and what is breathing and bracing oh, yeah. Yeah. and how we naturally do that. But now there's like, if I'm not giving my client a dead bug, I must be doing something wrong. Yeah. Right. So um, I think that's where we've created this whole niche around uh, continuing education around special populations like that, um, I think would be one for sure. But now I'd say it's even popping up, you know, of um, again, going with females, it's like, well, now you need to be taking this to supplementation standpoint, you need to be taking all these different herbal supplements and these powdered drinks to make sure that you don't have bad cramping, right? Versus like if we had a balanced diet all month long, um, that potentially would, your body would be in homeostasis and we wouldn't require this now subscription-based model to take these things to um, make your period be healthy. So I think those are two ones where now it's, uh, subscription-based models are really easy to get people hooked on this thing that now you need to take this monthly script to have a normal cycle to support vitality yeah the last one they're a, a, a wonderful blend right between you know what the market sees that everyone is doing today what's everyone doing oh they're doing monthly reorder programs for meat at their front door like ooh, yes. interesting how do we get fitness on board with that how do we get supplements on board with that how do we get cleaning products on board with that how do we get the hygiene system on board like you know, this is what people want this is what the people want, you know? So how do we get inside that? Ironically, the first one I could talk at length, probably way too long on it. Um, but I'm glad that you just brought it up as something that's still prevalent today. And like you did say, I have discussed it before, which it's kind of unfortunate that I have to discuss it every couple of years. But um, I just want to say that for, for people who are listening to that, uh, to the point, your point is true. But you need to go, not not you, but everyone needs to go a little further as to why that would be the case. That's the that's where I always found my answers. Why yeah. every two or three years is it all of a sudden really important that pelvic floor or whatever you call it is now like the main thing? And I'll spend a little, here's my, you know, lack of product placement, but a little tangent on this of, of one of my things that irks me. It's the it's a it's medicine that has encroached and corrupted that whole process to get you the coach and the consumer locked into a dependency model. They scare you. They create scare tactics. You will die. You will uh, have a poor pregnancy. You will have back pain forever. Whatever they'll use, right? Now the coach is like, well, I don't want to be implicit in that. I don't, I don't want to be a part of that process. What do I need to do? And the PT stands up there. Well, I've been educated for 12 years with 17 different versions of core control. And it's only 600 bucks for my weekend course in order to learn this. And if you don't take it, your clients will be peeing all over the floor and all your females are going to have back pain. So you're, as a coach, you're like, well, fuck that. There's no way I'm going to do that. So what, what listeners need to say is, why has this come up every couple of years? And that will lead you to the trail of money, institution, encroachment, and capture, et cetera. And the reason why, again, why I have such an irk for that is because I see so many individuals, humans, as an example, this female with incontinence, not taking the first steps. Why? Because now they are scared shitless. Because their coach is telling them and their physical, you see what I'm saying? It's preventing actual movement. 
beyond the fact that they actually could, you know, do some exercise for the pelvic floor through regular contractions, bending over lunge patterns, step ups, progressively, whatever, right? And don't get stuck on that because it's actually not much harder than that. It just could be motor control issues that they need to take care of and not jumping or running all the time. I just see people stopping. And that's, well, that's my, that's my issue. And to that exact testament is like, right. I have a client that was referred to me yesterday that comes in that just had um, a prolapse surgery. And she's like, I'm scared. She I just don't know what to do. So I don't do any lower body, very fit woman. But she's like, I just, the doctor didn't tell me anything other than go to a physical therapist. Cause now I need to do pelvic floor work. So she's like, I just, I don't know what to do. Like what is safe for me to do now? Like literally just a fear of movement other than she's like, they said, like, I don't even know if I should, should walk my normal walk. She walks in every day. So, right, just fear of now not knowing what to do because we put such a stigma around all the specialties around it that now someone's scared to use their body. Mm. So, um, so that's right. I'd say on that one, the specialty courses are, you know, online specialty courses are really big now. So, yeah. For that N equals one particularly, was that a postnatal prolapse uterus? No. no 55. Um, but no. Oh, just uterine surgery. Uh, for 55 years of age. Okay. Because it was never addressed, most likely postpartum okay. and just has progressively gotten worse over time. Okay. Because uh, ironically, I, I came up with a method that, you know, I, I don't know if you remember me talking about that, but I became known as the guy to go to in the postnatal area because I had these OBGYNs as my clients. I had four of them really from the, from uh, Calgary. Um, and because I, I, I was like, you know, cause they had new, they were like, well, James, you know, we had, you know, uh, these females who had prolapse uterus post natal, and this is what they should do for exercise. What's your thoughts on that? I was like, have you tried inversion? You know, have you tried, you know, getting actual gravity to actually make some change based upon that pre-workout? And I was, I listen, I just threw shit out. I was like, well, there's gravity, you know, <laughs> uh, you can invert yourself. And then I had all these females. Well, I could say I could count them on two hands, but um, do inversion techniques prior to exercise and it got better. So th this is, and this is in a postnatal area, right? Uh, yeah. and, and, you know, of course you train them on, you know, going from here to here to here, you can't see them on screen, but to improve the progression of inversion. And uh, anyways, so the whole, the whole conversation in there was that that is female specific, <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, that, that's not males we're talking about. Uh, number two, it does involve that, that jump we make, right? It's all, oh, it must be, you know, medicine will take care of it for all those nine females, let's say. No, actually, you know, logic could take care of it. Meaning like you can do things postnatal that are not medicine or dependency based that could actually help those individuals. So that ties in both of those things that to your point on using that, uh, um, that individual, you know, based upon that. Yeah. But it also highlights again, um, one of those major, you know, one of the, those major differences, uh, for it. Um, if we can, how about, uh, the area, uh, of growing and what would be some of the things that I'm just asking, I'm freestyling here. I have nothing to set in stone on my thoughts on this. I'm sure I do have some basic principles of it, but, uh, let's call it a, uh, 12 to 15 years of age male and female differences in training yeah your thoughts on that what first comes but, to mind well it's it's twofold right because we know hand-eye coordination develops slightly different between um 
boys and girls in that in that age demographic, right? So usually you're going to see, you know, up until like 10 or 12 that things stay pretty similar as far as for um, physical capabilities between the two, like, you know, as far as for speed and just movement and all that, they're pretty yeah. similar. Yeah. And then that's when we're going to start seeing the shifts develop, mm-hmm. right? Because as hips widen, gait and stride changes for a female as she's running, right? Again, when we start talking about development of upper chest and pec for boys, that's going to change. So it's like, you kind of get in this fun phase where I think of it as like, they're like little Bambies a bit where like one day they may seem very coordinated and the next week they may not, which mm-hmm. is why I'm such a, you know, against um, competitive sport for that age bracket is because mm-hmm. you're putting this pressure on a body that's rapidly changing from, uh, you know, what could be week to week for some kids, depending yeah. on where they are in growth. So great point uh, in principle, you just hit two of them that I would agree with. Number one, think about the the speed of development as being different between male and female. In a general consensus, uh, females will mature earlier. Okay, yes. so, and and of course there are some some differences between males and females, let's call it at the, at the 11, 12 years of age that are, but let's just say they'll mature earlier. So that's something to take into consideration, right? And then secondly, it's the outcomes of those two things that, that you just picked on the major differences and the major differences would be hips and shoulders meaning that you know you you take a million females at that age from around the world at 15 and a million males around the world at age 15 and the two major differences that occur between sexes in 99.9999999% of all of them is hip and shoulder variation so that is something to take into consideration back to your point of, I mean, there's books written on this, the specificity of development for upper body for throwing and upper body activities for males in that development. Likewise, the secondary things, you know, uh, non-contact injuries in lower bodies for females. That's one area you could go for that age development process and to see how hip changes, coordination, motor coordination, lower body take into consideration. Um, so those are the two things that I'm just saying in principle, listeners or people could think about and as far as application or bringing that to the front would you agree that that's probably something for another time or go somewhere else for it um or do you think we need to dwell in there a little bit more i mean it's it's pretty robust i mean but i don't think it's anything beyond or are we missing on like a third or fourth maybe so i mean those two things i'd say are like two big ones um I'd still say for female at that same time, we have like butt development. So like breast development is going to change too. Mm-hmm. So body develops differently, right? Right. Just the way yeah. fat deposits start to develop and like yeah. body shifts there, which yeah. goes more into the psychological aspect of it. But typically, again, we're going to see girls get a slight increase in weight gain during that phase of adolescence, just because as we go through um, puberty, right, hormonal shifts mm-hmm. there, we're going to see, um, again, some typically you'll see a girl that was really lean maybe gain a little bit during that phase depending on how quickly she develops Hmm. which goes into the psychological aspect i think of the training portion that's where i see we see a shift in um intentions behind fitness Hmm. is that stage of puberty for teenagers because boys typically aren't going to see that shift till slightly later Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. age where yeah it happens the shifts happen in body Again, this brings into that uh, those two worlds that you must take into consideration and hold the same way approaching this area like we talked about earlier. Biologically, there are differences, right? There are differences. Um, 
but biologically for the for the application of resistance again back to like what you're going to do like chest press uh for females chest press for boys you're both using dumbbells is it different no it's no. not different right so it is the psychological and sociological things from that biological base support that you do need to take into consideration between males and females if we're to kind of bucket that. So I like that. Yeah. I, I bucketed what you just said there into a third area. First is the speed of development differences. Secondly is the upper lower differences in, in sexes in development. And third is the psycho uh, neuroendocrine differences, right? It's the psychological neurological endocrine differences that need to be taken into consideration. Like you said in uh, uh, sex stage change differences, right? Um, that do need to be taken into consideration at the, let's call it the application level, right? Application level um, to your point, right? Um, soreness around the, uh, the chest area or developmental processes that are different for males and females in those sex change differences that you have to take into consideration, right? Um, and it does even get, you know, deeper inside of that, I just keep thinking about looking at Chloe, my daughter right now, who just turned 14. If you were to look, if, if you didn't know her, you look at her from her, from the top of her thigh down, you're like, oh, that's a 25 year old female. Right. And then you look from the, from that point area up to like navel and you're like, oh, it's that age. And then you look from navel to her head. And it's like, oh, it's that age. So it's, it, it, and what I mean by that is that inside of sexes, there actually is then differences. So if you saw her on the field, right, with her friends, they're just gangly. They're all gangly and different. Yet there is a couple of athletes that, quote unquote, are fully developed in all those areas. Right. And they're 14. So the inter the intersex differences are also fascinating as a as a side note conversation here but it does still land on those principles speed of development's difference upper lower differences in sexes and the psycho neuroendocrine differences that must be taken into consideration for that particular area and just to back up what we were just just discussing is the variation between 12 to 15 years of age that we just kind of bucketed just to just to kind of lay a base support for conversation yeah. So to keep keep going from that um, on another area specifically and not touch on around pregnancy. And the only reason why I'll say that is it'll force people to watch your course on LearnerX. Um, the, the other area that uh, we could open up a tiny bit more, what do you think about in the same questioning, male and female differences for 60 plus years of age um, and something to take into consideration? So 60 to 90. So now we're talking about, okay, so... If we're post still agreeing, yeah. Melissa, sorry to take you off. Your no, process. I okay. hear, but then I'd go still agreeing, still agreeing that biologically there's no differences. You still got to do resistance. You still got to do aerobic work. Now keep going. But so in the, but dot, 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 what's your thoughts on, on some differences there? I'd say in that, I mean, I'd say consistency is still going to be the same. I'm still going to say the same principles for, my 60 plus men and women as far as far as I want them to move every single day. Mm -hmm. um, I think decline may look different for um, a man to a female to male in that phase again, just mm -hmm. at the speed in which hormones decline. Mm -hmm. Right. So what did, what do testosterone levels look like for a 60 year old male? 
mm-hmm. versus a six-year-old female. Yeah. As a general consensus of general, a general consensus. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm just trying, I'm just pausing to think, is there, is there anything more than that, that, they, that we could be missing that are kind of psychological, sociological variables, but I'm, you know, at that point I am bucketing 60 to like, there is major differences between someone who's 61 and 87. There is, there's a monstrosity of difference. So I'm not, I'm not discarding the differences in that, but we're just doing it on a biological base support difference. You know, something that it's coming up, I'm trying to think about is, is that, mm-hmm. is it possible that a, a quote unquote, small F focus should be more on resistance for females for bone mineral density, uh, yes. immune disruptions, autoimmunity issues, because of because of those biological uh, uh, sex differences in hormonal slides. Any thoughts on that? Yes, and I mean we're seeing that more and more because people are living longer, mm-hmm. right? So I'd say with you know the increase in yeah, life- I was assuming that everyone's living in ninety. I was assuming- everyone's living to ninety. Right. I think there's two things that are we're taking into account consideration now is a shift in diet because that we can't not take that into consideration. We start talking about bone health of yeah. a female age. And that's where it gets really tricky. Yeah. I think it can get concluded is right now we're seeing this, you know, that 55 to 60 year old woman that was just unfortunately in the fad period of low protein diet. And so yeah. it's putting them in unfortunately not the greatest health position as they finish going through that spectrum of menopause. Um, yeah. But we got to be careful not to fall prey to the rehab. No, no, I'm right? saying, that's, right. That's I'm not just, what you're doing there, but. Right. It's just like the, uh, you know, I think of like the mo- more, um, you know, maybe what we would have seen 10 years ago with the robust person that just had yeah. a very balanced diet, was very active throughout their life. Um, you know, I'd say just yeah. as life has shifted, uh, we're just seeing some of those things kind of play out a little bit more yeah, now. You're, you're being realistic in what you're going to have in front of you mm-hmm. right? realistically what you're going to have in front of you if someone was 55 years of age 10 years ago this is what's going to be presented and i i wholeheartedly agree with that but i'm also always want to be super careful of saying well this is what the application should be for training because we're dealing with 80 percent of all these people age 60 to 90 who for 60 to 90 years didn't have these things to that. Yeah. I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, no, we have quite a few women that have come to me as they've retired and enter weight training, you know, or just weight resistance for the first time in their lives. Yeah. And there's some amazing results. Yeah. Uh, great, yeah. great body compass. I mean, like, you know, yeah. entering again, the 55 plus stage feeling yeah. really great and vibrant. So, which is a great, that's a great separate philosophical contemplation that, that coaches or listeners could do say what what or even coaches could look around and answer the same way you just did there if i was to reflect upon it i would make the statement that most females in the same bucket if you get if you get and i'll make it super strict if you get 65 you get 165 year old man and 165 year old females and none of them did exercise for their whole life you're going to see i in my opinion from what i saw vastly larger improvements in physical performance and capabilities, et cetera, absolutely and relatively in the females. Now, I think it makes sense as I'm saying it out loud because I'm assuming that for those females, and this brings us back to the point of those difference, is that 
it is necessary because of that biological imprint of the speed of the drop of one of your major hormones. Because I'm just making the assumption that the, that average uh, 65 year old male and 100, you know, n equals 100 of them, they probably are still grasping onto something that that uh, was usable, let's say, for their first 65 years for maintaining immune function, et cetera. Um, yeah, so I, that, that's just a philosophical experiment you could do in your head. But empirically, to your point you just raised, you know, I see that as well. And that's something, could that would be a sex difference, right? So back to my point, you're, what's your thoughts on that still? Do you, do you think the there you know, needs to be a small F focus maybe more on the resistance aspect because of its bone mineral density, uh, lean mass, uh, immune system, um, neuroendocrine effects of resistance that you're not going to get with two hours of cardio every day? Yes. You say, yeah. hundred percent. Okay. Um, well, that, that's but I feel like on principle that goes still like pretty similarly to how I would approach that for, you know, men and women. If I had a client that for I was sure it was like, you know, within healthy but it's that asterisk minor yeah. difference, right? It's like, yeah. that's yes, why I said matter. the small F focus, right? It's like, well, you know, um, you know, you're taught, let's just say you're talking to that 65 year old female, right. Who has, you know, ups and downs in her career of exercise consistency. And it's like, listen, I just want to be radiant. I want to be there for my grandkids. I want to be there for our partnership and what we have in our relationship for physical activity for the next 20 years, you know, and they're like, Melissa, just, just tell me what to do. Right. And you're like, okay, well, what you're going to do is just be consistent. But do you see this, but, uh, there are some things that you could focus on generally that would be more important. And then that allows you a good discussion. I think with those females to be able to say, yeah, you can't just can't take it for granted. I would say, I would say it's something like that. If I was being honest, I would be like, then, you know, for you, it's a little bit more important, you know, what's your thought then on, um, you know, now doc or medical, uh, saying again for the pausal female, um, we should not be doing any long aerobic that it needs to be high intensity and strength work only. Well, I think that, you know, or that uh, consideration. Well, I think it's they they're probably reaching. Well, I'll I'll be kind here <laughs> because most times anything that comes out of your mouth after, well, what do you think about the doctor saying this? It's always nefarious. So, but I'll take the one percent <laughs> they're being kind with good intentions perspective. And I would say it's the same thing, meaning they're they're saying, um, they're they're probably, you know, just erring against the side of being people being overzealous in way too much cardio. And so to that, I'm like, well, actually, you got a good point, you know. Uh, but again, uh, I think it's because they're they could be just falling prey to regular humans out there saying, Oh, if I want to be healthy for the rest of my life, I need to be an elite triathlete. And again, they're making the same mistake as, you know, let's just use the opposite any male who's out there looking at liver king going well if i want to live long and prosper that's what i need to do actually no that makes you live less long you know so it is uh, so i think it's the same do you see my point there i think there's a small percentage with are have good intentions because they're erring against like you know i think that's a performance realm and to that i would say i would agree but being realistic, <laughs> being realistic, um, they don't want people being dependent on uh, themselves. They want, you know, them listening to the doctor, right? They like, no, 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 this is what you're going to do. 
you're going to get set up with my polo shirt exercise physiologist who's going to give you high intensity interval training, which has been, you know, evidence-based uh, on obese populations. And it's shown to be better than aerobic activity, you know, and you can only get it here. Oh, yes. And by the way, your insurance will pay. Like, this is the whole the whole swindle. That's where it comes from. Anyways, I'm lengthy on that. But that's your fault because you knew you knew you're going to catch me in that one. <laughs> okay, so outside of that, just so we can come to a conclusion based upon some of those differences. Um, any other areas beside the 12 to 15, besides the 65 plus and besides the pregnancy or um, I would say. Yeah, no, I don't I don't want to say uh, sex specific uh, surgery or sex specific rehab, because I think I think pregnancy could be could be inside of that. But then again, there are some like, you know, there's surgeries for males and females on legs. I don't know. And it's not it's not it's not sex specific. So I don't, I don't want to go there. But those are the three main areas. Is there anything that we may have missed for with regards to outside of the principles of what we said of the biologically? There's no differences. But when it comes to psychological and sociologically, and then we're bucketing in those three things, right? Sex development differences, you know, age development differences and reproductive development differences. There are some differences. Was there anything well, we missed? I mean, we still didn't touch on the differences again, if we just go to um, perimenopause, right? Mm -hmm. I'd say that is a pretty similar, not yeah. similar, but in some ways parallel to you know, as we enter puberty, right, mm -hmm. there may be some phases again throughout that where training may not, right. like, biologically, it may not be different. But if we're going through a phase where sleep, right, is, I agree, we're, we're seeing that like roller coaster of all the similar, I agree with you, I think it's similar. And I, I would say, though, I think it's similar to the pubescent changes, but also postmenopausal changes. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I say that is that we're talking about the word again, minor versus major differences and it's it, it is minor but it is different because males will not go through that like you're not going to experience a, a shift in like you know um body temperature regulation and your no. sleep pattern shifting no. throughout what could be a five-year period right. that is a difference that you know a female will go through than a male will um in his lifespan which again is fantastic because it highlights the the downstream differences that must be taken into consideration for application of training beyond just the fact of just shut up and go out there and do resistance and do aerobic work and press play on that well yes that is the same for everyone and everyone needs to do that but now here there's some, where the coach could come in and go well it needs to be done this way you need to build on intuition you need to say to yourself okay i have temperature disruptions last night uh lisa who's a female, Lisa, you need to know that the next day, although I said you should be out there doing your resistance, you need to take into consideration you didn't sleep. So you, you need to find the intuition and need to figure out these strategies as to what's going to work well for you. And you see, now I'm going on and on with that, but you're not doing that with a male, right? You're not doing that. So there is a difference in that, in the application of that specific thing. So um, I like that because we're you're, what you just did there, you stretched our brains beyond the 65 plus where, where I kind of uh, deduced that like there is significant difference. You brought it back. You're like, well, what about 50 years of age or what about 45 years of age? 
And so I think that's where we get into some minor differences that still must be taken into consideration for that. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Fantastic. I don't think there needs to be much more. Um, I just I'm just checking over the notes of uh, the, the covering. I wanted to do a macro large life view of it. I think we did that. I wanted to interject with taking a biological, psychological, sociological, because it's a good base support. It doesn't mean it's right, but it's a good base support. Um, and we came up with some good principles there, especially the one I really liked of the uh, three areas for the 12 to 15 years of age in classification, speed of development, upper lower development, and neuroendocrine psychological development. Um, and I think that'll that'll help uh, either listeners or coaches out there beyond, you know, I'm sorry, I was just saying that was important to me. Anything, your takeaways that were, uh, that were helpful in that? I think this is like a beautiful broad painting of it so that when we go into each phase, right? If we have a podcast that's specifically on pregnancy which we will right now we but right or and i you know i can't wait for the radiant uh podcast to get into that phase because it's currently my favorite um but you know now we've gotten the big sweeping view of a whole entire lifespan to be able to now have context as we dig into um specific chapters solid well i'm uh uh personally um excited that you're excited that there's someone else out there besides myself that <laughs> likes that idea of spending more effort on you know dare we say like a fifth wave of feminism let's say uh, a fifth wave of uh, whatever that's going to look like and we're calling it radiance and a concept around that like what is that full-on larger big thing purpose that's specific uh to the to the feminine um i really like that um, so I appreciate it. And I appreciate you bringing up this as a specific topic to parallel with nutrition. And I guess we should, as a trifecta, set up the next one and say male, female differences in behavior. And that'll be the next one. Yeah. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs>